Hey everybody, welcome to Partial Credit, episode 11, Home Economics. Uh, special guest, Lily's mom, is on the show this week. Uh, we had a great time, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Uh, home Ec, we're talking about sewing, uh, and it is so much more than you think it is. <laughs> uh, this episode is um, brings us a new design over at Redbubble. If you head over to redbubble.com, type uh, partial credit into the search bar, you can go to our page, check out our designs that are available uh, for a limited amount of time. I'm quite proud I designed this episode's uh, design, and I will be buying myself a mug or something. Um, and uh, something I know, Ter uh, sorry, uh, I know Lily wanted to get to in this episode and did not. Uh, Terry, uh, Lily's Lily's mom, uh, did our logo. So that logo that you're looking at on uh, on your phone that says partial credit, that was uh, that's Terry's handwriting on a chalkboard at uh, her home, and she took a picture and um, say so thank you, Terry. Um, gosh, what else? I am in my new recording space. Uh, since we are closing in on our finale, and Lily and I will be recording in person. Um, my, my wife uh, suggested I move into a larger space in the house and using a whole bunch of like acoustical panels and stuff that Lily got me. I've started to kit out this room. Um, it may not seem like it because I forgot to close the window before I started recording this and it's quite windy out, but uh, I am in a far superior space for recording than I was previously. Um, so enjoy that. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is episode 11. Uh, I'm just blown away that it's episode number 11. Uh, episode 12 will be our last educational episode, and episode 13 will be our yearbook episode, and we've got a special treat in between all of that uh, for everybody. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, let's, let's get into it. Um, home economics sewing special guest terry lily's mom and my new friend we're friends she'll text me later and tell me how good this episode is you better terry this is partial credit the education podcast with a twist Welcome to Partial Credit, the education podcast with a twist. What's the twist? Darth Vader was actually Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker's father the whole time. That's the I twist. I actually just rewatched those. <laughs> um, today is home economics. We're talking about sewing, which um, I used to do a little bit when I was younger, uh, Boy Scout style, um, you know, just to get my merit badges on. Uh, other than that, I really didn't do much sewing. The, the occasional button uh, before I got married, but uh, now Megan takes care of it all. <laughs> uh, what's everybody's personal experiences with uh, sewing? 
we'll introduce our guest. And oh, then, well, that's and your then, job. I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> I'm over here. Hello, everyone. Our guest today is <laughs> Teresa, preferred Terry. Um, she happens to be my mom. <laughs> um, you have to actually say hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm used to waving on Zoom meetings because we're all on uh, mute most of the time. Oh, mute is um, discouraged. So I... You do a stitch and bitch, you've told me before. I do stitch and bitch, uh, which is basically a group of my friends. We get together and we do crafts. Um, some of us sew. Um, I do repair sewing mostly okay. um that's because that's what my job dictated i don't do more than that uh, i'm learning how to use a machine and not be scared of the needle going through my finger <laughs> um, happens it, it happens you bleed like a stuck pig let me yeah. tell you oh, yeah, no, i've seen i've seen it hit megan's like thumbnail this and... is not encouraging, guys. Like, <laughs> you're not like encouraging me to go like sit at a sewing machine. Now do you do much sewing, Terry? Oh, I do a lot of sewing. I yeah. started sewing. I was in um, seventh grade. Started making clothes. Um, sewed all through high school. That was kind of my outlet. Um, and most recently, well, when Lily and her sister Sarah were little. I would make their Halloween costumes. Nice. And occasionally they'd get a little dress or something. Mm -hmm. And then life got busy. And once things settled down, basically they graduated high school. Um, I started quilting. Oh, cool. So um, <laughs> when... She uh, full force into that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. But uh, 2020, when we locked down... Um, I think I made six COVID quilts. So they were they were my CQ CQ quilts, um, COVID quarantine comfort quilts. I was just gonna ask. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of a that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I, have I I was gonna wear a shirt that Megan wore for me, but it's too warm. It's a winter shirt. Yeah. I have three quilts that you've made me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Megan's all in. I'm actually looking across the room at her serger and her um, the body form thing uh, that she hangs her dresses off of. I would say 75% of my wife's wardrobe is self-made and she just make, makes amazing stuff. Um, and I look really cute in her skirts. So. I, there you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't complain. Um, yeah. Lily, so. what's your most embarrassing Halloween costume? I, I, mine was the classic hobo. I, I had the, the bindle and like dirt on my face and stuff. Were you always just cool? I was a college dude. <laughs> I literally put on my dad's college sweatshirt and drew a mustache on my face. <laughs> when did you do that? It was middle school. I just like couldn't, I, I think we were just all so busy. I think that was the year we might have moved. Yeah, and we were just like, okay, let's just... No, actually, the year we moved, I was Princess Esperanza. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but, oh, I have a lot of, like... 
There's a lot of Halloween costumes in my past. Uh, <laughs> and, and quite a few princess costumes. Yes. For the girl um, who loves black. Yes. Yes. For the, <laughs> you know. So just sort of like a Tim Burton princess type vibe? or, or no, no, this was for full like on pretty in pink oh, princess. Oh, okay. Uh, Although also, it was more purple in blue <laughs> yeah it was like pink and and this like blue velvet um fun fact she made my prom dress oh, cool. um we spent i don't know how many hours doing it yeah um, and and it was not no surprise here a traditional prom dress it was steampunk style yeah so i wore a victorian style dress with a corset and a... did you have goggles <laughs> no okay i did have a gauntlet um, oh that's pretty cool yeah that's so, pretty cool i yep. still have it and, and a tiny little top hat that tiny was top. oh it was it was adorable <laughs> you'll have to send me a picture later oh yeah i'll send you a picture of my prom and, date and her prom date was such a good sport he uh dressed up in style as well yeah oh, okay yeah we were both steampunk and definitely got stared at but this was the only way i was gonna go to my senior prom i was like right. i'm not i'm not a normal child so i can't <laughs> like my, my sister's dress is this pink sparkly like thing and i'm like yeah well can't now that we've got the history of Lily yeah. out of the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> history of Lily's sewing, sewing. experience. Sewing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's whole other histories. Today we're talking about the history of sewing uh, in, uh, as, a, as a cultural touchstone. Um, the first sewing needles with eyes, uh, 17,500 BC. I think BC's for barbecue chicken, is that correct? Yes. Archaeologists and anthropologists have discovered sewing needles with eyes dating back to 17,000 BC, uh, made of bone and used to sew skins and furs. So we kind of knew that, I think. Well, yes, I, I feel like everyone is, is like, oh, this, we should uh, talk about a future episode. Sorry, that was my brain going 30,000 yep. miles. <laughs> Um, uh, continue. <laughs> between 202 BC and 2020 AD, uh, AD aluminum dunce cap, maybe? I don't know. Hand, the Han, Han Dynasty uses sewing needles and thimbles. Um, archaeologists were finding thimbles, which, uh, during, which is during the last ice age. Uh, about 1200, big leap forward here, buttons become popular in Europe. Um, so they were already in heavily use in Asia, uh, but the Crusades and uh, Europeans cre uh, encountering other cultures, they started, you may, they figured out buttons and buttonholes. So I feel like that's one of the most intimidating things for me in sewing right now, because I'm doing a pair of overalls and I have to like sew on buttons and okay. do the buttonholes. Well, so a lot of sewing machines have a setting for making the buttonhole. Again freaked out by the sewing machine <laughs> no but, buttonholes making buttonholes are, is challenging because you have four sides that you have to you know enclose and get them all in the right proportion and if it doesn't do it for you automatically you've you've really got to pay attention yeah, i think a lot of people uh 
overlook the three-dimensional nature of sewing and having to think in curves and and mm -hmm. things like that and, and it's angles. fascinating like ang this is like yeah. pure geometry and i'm like ah so this is what my geometry teacher was talking about when she was saying hey you know you need to like do all these weird funky angles yeah this is sewing <laughs> <laughs> you just sent me the pictures. If I these did. aren't if these aren't posted uh, as revenge for uh, the pictures posted of me recently, I will post it. <laughs> I will post it. I mean, I look cute as hell, so like I don't care. Um, I was I was the coolest guy at that party were, in those pictures. Uh, um, so I think I think one of the most fascinating things for me is is just the the fact that people were like, okay, we need to take this fabric, this fabric, and this fabric, and we need to put them together. How do we do that? Make sharp pointy thing. You know, like, yeah. so, so you go back to, you know, the, it was BC era. Yeah. Yeah. Barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. And I, I just think it's just amazing that, you know, we have now advanced to the the machine like a machine that 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 well, does and this let's, for us and, and that's where we're getting into now is the machines yeah. the Ooh, machines okay. start happening uh now we've got buttons in 1200 we go forward about 500 years 1730 um uh, cotton thread was spun by machinery in england uh introducing cotton thread to uh, the, like to everybody and it just sort of spread across the british colonies um, which was in 1730 was the, the whole world. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, same year in Germany, uh, still, oh, here we get into the mispronunciation portion of the show. Um, Stephen Beisel founded an early needle factory in Aiken, Germany. Um, it was famous already for its needle makers guild. Um, a couple years later, Charles Weisenthal took out the patent for the mechanical sewing needle. Uh, no record of any machine uh, before has ever been found, uh, recognized as one of the first events that would culminate in the sewing machine that, uh, that Lily is so terrified of. Um, I, you know, you could use the, the gloves. Like, you I could can't use the gloves like I use for uh, carving my, my spoons. Um, you know, they're, you know, I wear these special gloves. They have special gloves for sewing. So that because one of the things that um, seamstresses can do, especially in quilting, it's called free motion. So they've advanced the sewing machine so that it just doesn't go forwards and backwards. You can go sideways now. Oh, on some of these machines so that they've designed gloves that you put on so that if you are moving it back and forth and your hand gets near the needle it clips the glove and not your finger that's pretty cool that is actually i feel like i'm more terrified of a sewing machine than like a framing nailer and those <laughs> framing nailers are intense like they're like okay. huge giant yes but there's it's a single direction it's it's exactly like yeah. it's not it's, like you just you just go into the wood and you're like poof, poof. yeah and, and and i know exactly where it is but like with sewing you're like and just gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right um, the first patent for the oh you have something to say no there? no 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 
I was okay. going to say continue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I will continue. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Saint uh, patented the first sewing machine. He was a London cabinet maker, and he patented a crude sewing machine in 1790. Um, he built plans for his machine. Uh, they weren't discovered until the 1800s, and it never worked without a modification, uh, but it was an important step on the road to the sewing machine itself. Um, now, the first practical sewing machine was in 1830, another 50 years later. Just the, 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 the amount of time it took to get from one thing to the next to where we are so now... Uh, watching you know laughing at lily for being terrified is uh <laughs> so just just give me a picture of what it, the 1800 sewing machine would look like i think we have you know, one in I, our bedroom but you know that's i don't <laughs> so this was never actually made it was purely a, a, a thought experiment by I, Thomas. I, I think the first sewing machines were hand operated you know the ones that actually worked right it would be a little you know a needle that would go up and down with a little hand crank so you really had to be coordinated because you were you were doing the motion and then the next i think iteration became what we have in the bedroom where it's run off of belts and it's pedal operated so your feet are, are propelling it and you've got both hands free to move the fabric through the machine yeah pretty cool stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. now yeah. where does singer come into this coming up feel like oh Coming up. Yep. Apparently, I, was, just... I had my crystal ball on this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's coming up in about 60 years. Okay. Um, I so can now, <laughs> Bartholomew Thimonier invented the first practical sewing machine in 1830. Uh, though he initially imagined an embroidery machine. Uh, he figured it out that it worked better as a sewing machine. Uh, it used a barbed needle and was built almost uh, completely out of wood. Uh, he had At one point, he had a factory running with 80 machines. Uh, he also sold his sewing machines for commercial use and uh, ran the first ever real garment factory. Um, but things don't stop there with Bartholomew Thimonier. Uh French tailors rioted over his sewing machines in 1831 a year after they hated them or loved them so uh, what kind of riot is you this? don't you don't typically riot if you love something <laughs> we've saying. had we've had a couple riots let's, in the show before let's and, uh, uh let's go back to like black friday people love their stuff so yeah, like, that's not a riot <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean it can turn fair. into one because they're fighting over things like cheap sewing machines but oh, yeah well these are these are people more in line of thinking with lily actually yeah um, <laughs> uh, his patented sewing machine changed the world he ran what was likely the first sewing factory uh Thimonier had his fair share of detractors many french tailors were afraid of uh his invention and uh thought it spelled doom for their livelihood yep. and on january 20th of 1831 200 uh, fearful French tailors, which is a sentence <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever say, set fire to Thimonier's factory and his mostly wooden sewing machines 
uh, and uh, Fimineer never fully recovered from the after effects of the riot. Wow. So, yeah, so. Taylors uh, be crazy. <laughs> fearful French Taylors. <laughs> fearful French Taylors. <laughs> Which is the t-shirt, I think, for this yes, episode. I, I would agree. <laughs> if we can come up with an image of a, of a frightened of a... Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be an interesting search. You know? <laughs> or all you have to do is a picture of Lily sitting at the sewing machine. Yeah. Just, I mean... Oh, no, just cringing. <laughs> Now, uh, a few years later, um, Elias Howe invents the modern sewing machine. Uh, Most Americans claim that Elias Howe from Massachusetts invented the first modern sewing machine in 1844. Uh, the machine didn't catch on immediately, uh, even though it amazed people in sewing competitions <laughs> where it outsewed some of America's finest tailors. Uh, Howe left what? America... What are sewing competitions? I think it's that simple. I think it was a sewing competition. It sounds like so it was because uh, I know they thing. had like type competitions. Was that it? Would that yeah, be must like have a been. similar thing where you just like sewed as fast as you can? With, yeah, like, they didn't have the bachelor to, to melt their brain, right? you know. And, and there were no Kardashians just, back then. Yeah, they know, just, like, they had to find you know. something to do. <laughs> You know, honestly, a sewing competition sounds better than both of those things. Yeah. So. What about like a candle burning competition where you just you wait for what? it to get dark I'm in down. the room? <laughs> Which room is it going to get dark in first? <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, let's see. Uh, so then Hal left America for England to sell his design. Uh, uh, when he returned to America, he found several entrepreneurs, including Isaac Singer, yes, that singer, uh, making money off of Howe's patent. Uh, and eventually, Howe made his fortune. It was, you know, a hard, hard battle. Uh, so back to uh, patent trolls, which we've come up, we've come across yeah. before. This is not a I new thing. I think this thing. is a very big thing in that time because everyone was, which is funny because. You would think they would just invent something else, but they were like, no, I'm going to... He's in England. He's not going to yeah, find he's out. Not, he's not going to know. Yeah, so... going to know? <laughs> well, so now I, th I think even today with patents, people keep things really secret because unless they've got the patent on it, somebody can come in and steal it out from, from under them. Which is why we haven't released a single episode that we've recorded. There you go. Right? <laughs> Somebody yeah. might try to steal the idea of Lily. I know. It's a complicated idea, guys. I don't think I'll be able Tonight to explain that creation. one. creation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a... Uh, so they... And I feel like today we put patent pending on, like, everything that's that has a patent pending on it. And we still... They still sell the product. Mm -hmm. Um uh, I, I don't, yeah, I have, I have, I'm like stuff, looking at things on my desk. I have stuff that, that has patent pending. One, one of the coolest things that I've seen with patent pending was Leatherman. My, my old roommate had a Leatherman that said patent pending on it. Um, because he got his Leatherman when, when Leatherman was just starting. Starting <laughs> so, out in Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's, it shows just the the divide between Europe and America during that time that like Singer was like he's far away. Yeah, he won't like, find out. He's like a three month boat ride away. He'll find out when he gets back. You know, like if 
likely going to get scurvy. Yeah, he might not make the boat ride. Like, definitely has lice, and Aldelami can't come in the house and see my son. Exactly. Like, I have precious fabric in here. (laughs) Get out. So. 1851, August 12th, Isaac Merritt Singer patented what, what's known as the first modern and practical sewing machine. Um, through patent and legal disputes, uh, Singer was eventually able to formalize an affordable payment plan for his machines, which brought them into many American uh, uh, households, which is how he kind of is the name known now as opposed mm-hmm. to how he got into the houses. Um in 1874, Husqvarna, the uh, chainsaw company, uh, begins sewing machine production. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> before that, they produced high-quality rifles and military stuff for the Swedish crown. Um, and, uh, and, and that's my – I've had a – it's now Viking Husqvarna, yeah. um, but I've had um, two like uh who's machines oh really and they're wonderful machines okay. yeah. i was very sad because my original machine just died a few months ago and yeah that was a sad day i went into mourning we went um, through that with megan a couple of years ago and her machine died the one she'd had since she was 17 or 16 years old died and then yeah i had i got machine, but i i had that one um before i had sarah but not much more before so 92 not, yeah yeah <laughs> before 92 no i don't think anyone knows what sarah was born so i just yeah well i was i was good i was just that a secret <laughs> Somebody might try to steal the Sarah patent. Sarah's Sarah's gonna know, you know. Well, Sarah's the only one that needs to know how old she is. So uh, we're uh, we're heading very much into the modern era, I think, here in the late eighteen hundreds of sewing. Um, we're getting we're getting really close to when we started industrialism and, and, right. and we're talking factories 18- are, are really starting to ramp up. Yeah, we're talking 1880. We know what uh, Edison and Tesla were up to in the yep. 1880s, uh, which is the first time in recorded history an electric motor was affixed to a sewing machine. Uh, they were added to retrofitted sewing machines um, and uh, uh, it was done by this guy, Philip Deal, D-I-E-H-L, I'm assuming it's Deal, um, who was a contractor who worked for Singer. Um, mm-hmm. And then in 1889, uh, our first practical electric sewing machine sold for mass market. Singer introduced a sewing machine that could be purchased with an already built-in electric motor. Um, these were uh, the first electric sewing machines intended for home use, and they were... Um, also used in factories uh, so we were able to start mass producing uh, large amounts of clothes for uh, for the people for the yeah mm-hmm. so from uh, bones with uh, with sewing eyes to for the masses that is the history of sewing and I assume just the end of the show uh, because there's nothing more interesting to say about this subject oh. we're, all, we're all wearing <laughs> if clothes only, if only um since you you've gotten us to uh, to the industrial era, and um, we're gonna everything's fine. Yeah, everything's great. Nothing else happens. No one dies. 
it's great. Um, no one dies in sewing ever. <laughs> no, there's just like millions of tiny old ladies in their house. Like, they're just like eight thousand years old. The, the machines preserve them. That was part of the patent. There was like this mummification process. You go into this trance. Anyways, now you know cocoon. my secret. Uh, yeah, I yeah. want to live forever, so I it's started a, sewing. It's a cocoon made of spun cotton. Yeah, oh, there you go. And they turn into beautiful butterflies when they come out. We're all just caterpillars living a lie until we start sewing, and then we become butterflies. You're weird. Yeah. Did you just learn that, Lucas? So, uh, My mom's like, any- oh, this is normal. This yeah. is a normal like, Saturday morning conversation with me. Oh, it's so early. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a uh, a quick commercial break while where you all get to listen to Lucas's beautiful voice, uh, and then we're gonna come back and talk about some sad stuff. So that's the highlight of the show. That's the highlight of our show. <laughs> all right, all right uh, we'll be back. This episode of Partial Credit is brought to you by Anchor. Uh, If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. Uh, There's tools that help you record and edit your podcast. Uh, You can do it on your phone or your computer. Uh, They'll distribute your podcast for free. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you get podcasts. I'm going to say podcast one more time. You can make money from your podcast. No minimum listenership. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, And all you have to do is uh, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On with the show. And we're back. Second half of partial credit, uh, sewing, home ec, where nothing could possibly go wrong. Nobody's ever had a problem with a needle. Uh, that couldn't be fixed with a band-aid with a band-aid <laughs> so, <laughs> improv for the win i didn't know i was doing the, the coming back part ah welcome back terry welcome back lily how's everybody doing did we sell any anchors do you think uh i think we we've we've sold quite a few anchors lately That's good. which is okay. great um, um we can now buy a, a happy meal at mcdonald's sweet i'm um, sorry <laughs> 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 we could at least get two bottles of trader joe's chardonnay there you go <laughs> better goal <laughs> actually uh i went to trader joe's yesterday anyways yeah yeah what'd you get me i did get you Nothing. something no you're lying oh <laughs> you want your words sir <laughs> um <laughs> um anyways welcome back hello mom Hi. Um, you are currently in New York City, which is I uh, am. the the site of our our yeah. tragedy that we are about to talk about. Yeah, and it's you, a tragedy. Uh, you didn't tell me we were talking about a tragedy. Well, I'm sorry, Lucas. We we have to kind of keep it okay. going by. We did is, the comedy first. Now yeah, we have to do the tragedy. Oh, but yeah. is it is are we attacking capitalism or the patriarchy? You know, <laughs> we're actually uh, actually we're going to be yes. talking about something positive that that happened. Okay. Okay. This. All right. So yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying not to get red today. If you're um, starting my day sad, 
I know. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not going to be angry, too. Okay. We'll just make you really sad. And, okay. All right. um, so, we're going to talk about uh, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Oh, um, I like factories. Yeah, and triangles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... What's a shirtwaist? Uh, that's actually a, a shirt waist, like the that's waist is, of a shirt. I, I don't know. Am I like, is, is this, this like a trick this question? And I don't and know. I, it's okay. It's like 830 in the morning. <laughs> so what, mom, what this is referring to is when you lay out a piece of fabric and you've probably seen this when your wife makes something, she's laying out this long piece of fabric and she's cutting out pieces mm -hmm. and there is waste from that fabric that okay. she can't that use for anything. This particular factory <laughs> made shirts and there was waste. And the thing we're going to talk about momentarily, um, uh, no spoilers here, um, has to do with the waste okay. fabric. Okay. So, so the, the Triangle Factory was owned by Max Blank and Isaac Harris. It was located on the top floor of the Ash, the Ash, Ash, Ish, Ish building. It's A-S-C-H building. Ash. Ish. Ash. Um, which was on <laughs> Green. Ash. 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 <laughs> Um, we'll just wake <laughs> random noises. I'm in fine form this morning. <laughs> We're professionals. Uh, it was on Green Street and Washington Place in Manhattan. Now, Mom, where Building is that? still exists. There we go. <laughs> um, it is down near uh, Washington Square, and which has been seen in many movies. Um, the, the arch in Washington Square. It's a couple blocks away. And um, it is now owned by NYU, as are most of the buildings in that area. And uh, between 2006 and 2011, I worked about two blocks away. So I've seen that building many, many times. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in 1911 this was a sweatshop this was a hardcore sweatshop so like zumba and, yeah, and peloton like, and 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 peloton and babies getting sucked under the peloton treadmills and you know, it was just a, it was a true oh well, we'll talk that was about dark that later. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> sorry that's everyone has mentioned that to me this week so anyways um no this was cramped spaces girls young women this was hundreds, hundreds. of women on mm. multiple floors no ventilation you know here's your Working sewing machine 12, 12 plus 15 hours a day but my only understanding, making 15 dollars a week my understanding though from a lot of our previous conversation here is that ladies like to be sewing so i don't really see the problem yeah but not, you know not in this environment this was okay. like eh, this was nasty this okay was, yeah um this was gross disgusting this was there was no space there were narrow so, corridors so they would people lock on top of people the doors this is like they were 
locked in the building. Do you know why they were locked in the building? I think it was because they didn't want people leaving. They didn't want people stealing. They didn't want people stealing. They didn't want people taking Coming unauthorized in. breaks. Okay. Yeah, they um, were actually a pretty progressive know. company as far as don't smoke. Yeah, uh, they were like really hey. anti-smoke. No, actually, there was the the. We'll get to that. Yeah. Oh, um, I <laughs> stepped in it. Did I? Uh, so there were two stairways down to the street, um, and they only opened inward. So there are hundreds of of women in this building and the doors only open inwards okay so this this will will bring up later all of all of the other stuff um yeah so this sorry i i lost my place um i gotcha yeah (laughs) i do this to him all the time and so he's I think you got me back. Um, so in these conditions, women were smoking and they had rubbish bins of the shirt waste. Okay. Um, and one of the bins caught fire. Now, this... It's fine. They probably had a fire suppression system? Uh, nope. uh, no. Uh, fire no. extinguisher? No. Nope. Nope. There was uh, no... and, and keep keep in mind that I read there were about two months worth of waste. Yes. So this wasn't a little bin. This was this a was a huge big bin. Big this is, bin. This is a this dumpster. Is not like a little like trash. This is like a dumpster full of fabric that was highly flammable, probably because it was cotton. It was like and an made of and the and the bin was made of wood. Yes. It, everything was yeah. wood so, and these this lit on fire like that it was, was it was it frightened french tailors this was beyond frightened french tailors no, like it, it was, was actually um jewish and italian immigrants yes who, made who up most barely, of the women a lot of them didn't speak english so it was yeah. hard for them to communicate the fact that they couldn't get out of the building um so this this ended up um like the whole building caught on fire. Um, the, and, and we've there been were set no, up that everybody's trapped were, inside now. Yeah. So the the doors don't open out; they open in. So imagine like three hundred women running towards a door that opens in. So they're just slamming against each other, trying mm-hmm. to get out of this building. And people started jumping out the windows. And they're not on the first floor or the second floor. They, they were like eight, nine. They're, they're on like the sixth to ninth floor. Yeah. So, so they're probably not okay. No. <laughs> oh, oh, there was a fire escape, Lily. Did you read that part? Uh, yes. There was a fire escape. So everybody's fine? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Keep in mind, there were no fire escape regulations back at that yeah. time. So it was, it was, not safe it was people were falling anyway it was it was basically just so what bodies raining from the building yeah so the fire escape didn't didn't hold weight no it it, pulled away from the building pulled away from the whole building it collapsed every everyone on it 
was injured or or perished um this hundred foot falls it's um i trying to find the number uh 146 workers perished when the the fire broke out um and that's and a lot how, of and how many of those were women all of them <laughs> no most of them uh, well, there were like, a few men there were a few there are very few men um yeah i don't so the, uh, the do you have running. the number because i'm looking for i saw 123 123 yeah. women women perished yeah. between yeah. the ages of 14, 14. and oh, I, 43 I 12 I, you said 12 I okay saw I as saw young 14. as 12 yeah um because in that time they didn't have any child labor law regulations right. um right. oh did you also read that one of the door uh stairwells was locked yes so yes. and it was it was one so there there are two stairwells um and one of the doors was locked so all of those people were trying to run to door because they realized that this door wasn't working and the whole building is on fire at this point if you look at the images it's just there was no way they would have made it out i tried i have always been vaguely aware of the the triangle shirtwaist fire yeah um, i tried watching a video on it and it was rather hard to stomach and i turned it off and i thought it's, i just actually learned from you for once it's um it's devastating like this is <laughs> so there was a fair amount of trampling before yep. the trampling. um death by asphyxiation and mm -hmm. uh fire fire uh, yes related yep. deaths i mean all in all 146 if you can, deaths. If, if you can think of a way they died to get out of that building they they died yeah, yeah. um there was it was horrific how much of it was needle related none of it so your fears are unsubstantiated in this case okay yes, yes. <laughs> in this case yes um so the the reason that um i i said in in before our break that this is a, a dark but there's a, a light at the end of this this story is because a lot of laws came out of this um, a lot of our like labor laws, um, uh, President Roosevelt's New Deal, like he had a whole agenda about labor laws and making work safe. <laughs> and this is really when unionization really started um, after this fire, which it's horrific that we had to put these women and some men in these conditions in order for us to be like hey doors should open out there should be fire like safe fire extinguishers need to be checked they need proper ventilation disposal of flammable objects um so but it it also i think um encouraged people getting breaks Yes, not that, working twelve-hour days. This but was, we still do that in some industries. It's, it's for some reason applauded. I, I work with people yeah. who brag that they, they are work, at work yeah. more than they are at home. Which, well, 
is disgusting. I'm, great, I'm sorry. But... Great selling point of my company, because I do a lot of interviewing for the company I work for. We have something called work-life balance, which yeah. those ladies didn't have. And so I talk about a 35-hour work week, um, and they're going, what? I work 50 to 70 hours a week. And I'm like, oh, okay. no. I work, I work, you know, 40. my, my 40 and I, Megan and I work tremendously yeah. at home, especially this right. time of year. And that's, right. that's very gratifying work to me of digging yeah. holes basically, but, yeah. um, but making food and, and, and creating. So so but you, yeah, work-life balance. Back to you, you Lily. Sorry. You talk, I, no, 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 no. You guys talk about like this 30 hours a week and the, the 40 hours a week. We get those things because on April 5th, um, uh, on New York's Sac uh, 5th Avenue, there was a protest um, that was uh, about the condition fire. Um, 80,000 people were in attendance. Um, and this was a huge push for the governor at the time, uh, Alfred E. Smith and Senator Robert F. Weiner and Roosevelt to do something about these conditions and to make sure that people were not dying for, for you know, okay, it goes back to capitalism. I'm sorry, Lucas. It just happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, dying for, you know, to get food on their, on, on their table. Um, and uh, so, I don't know why you'd feel obligated to apologize for pushing my agenda. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I just <laughs> my my brain just went. Oh crap! We went back into capitalism, and I said we wouldn't. <laughs> like, and anyways, so despite this is the kind of crappy part of this is despite all of the evidence, uh, the owners and management. Um, neglected um, they were not indicted for manslaughter um, no why would they be no uh, however <laughs> they're uh, the, to settle lawsuits against them they eventually paid $75 um, to each victim's family a fraction of the $400 per death that they were to pay by their insured so they got paid $400 per death. By the and then they paid out, uh, I'm really bad at doing math in my head, but less than 25% to the families, yeah. um, which was uh, what, only slightly double what they made a week? Yeah. Well, so well, they made $15 a week. $15 yeah. a week, so. Yeah. So it was a, all right. So it was a month and a half's wages, a month and a quarter's wages. But yeah, I mean, for a family that would have lost their the the mother, the the yeah, right, I mean, and a, and a the primary and the, you know source of income. So that that was a big deal, mm -hmm. and a lot of those folks were living down in you know that the area. Tenement housing. So the, the tenement, tenement housing was just basically like eight families in one tiny apartment. Yeah, yeah there's um, a museum in, um, on Orchard Street. And good. so interesting if you ever get a chance to go there when, when they're they open again, learning also, about the, uh, the folks and how they lived. Um, 
does that, that I believe I've recently learned about that museum. Do they also have something on the uh, the manure pile that was owned by uh, Michael uh, Michael Kane? Not that Michael Kane, the, uh, <laughs> no, the other Michael Kane. Yeah, <laughs> got a manure pile. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a, that giant manure pile that just ruined people's lives in New York City as well, mm -hmm. uh, about the same time. Yeah, but America's great. America's fine. Oh yeah. Um, and so, so there, this one, this tragedy, as well as as several other tragedies, led to the creation of OSHA, mm -hmm. um, which OSHA is is the for occupational workers. safety something something. Yeah, I don't remember the acronym. I'm <laughs> I literally just took the training, and I'm like, uh, whoops. Um, Anyways. Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Thank so, you. There you go. Uh, mom, mom for the win. Mom um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so this, this created unions. So there was a lot of unionization going on and the AFL-CIO. Um, it's actually a longer acronym now, but I cannot remember. It's like the AFL-CIO uh lcl or something like that and this was this i'm sorry this was 1911 right this yeah so so that's when we closed the wage gap <laughs> no. no oh lucas you're so funny <laughs> there it is there's there's the affirmation i needed this is our season closer I just, that's all i needed <laughs> no um so so osha is not about wages no, no, I knew that. Um, I just, okay. I just, I'm not, for, I'm not for, a big For those me. that's not, uh, you know, they don't know, uh, OSHA is is for the health and safety of the workers. Um, right. So and uh, doors that swing out, fire alarms, uh, uh, electrical fire inspection. system. Yes. Yep. Uh, hearing protection, uh, steel-toed boots, reflectors, hard hats, like all of Turns, the stuff. That so it sounds like regulation is good for human life yes yes, yes. okay all right I'm um, trying to make sure i, I remember one of one of my jobs i was an accountant um i worked in a Dangerous factory yes. um and i went out and i bought steel-toed boots because i had to be out on the floor and everybody had to have steel-toed boots so. mom you also bought steel-toed high heels so i did <laughs> they make steel-toed high heels they do, yeah, they do. <laughs> okay didn't cover um, that in pink tax <laughs> no we did not uh but they would probably be more expensive than a man's high heel so uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so so this this event was was horrific and it really opened um the the floodgates to a discussion about worker safety and mm -hmm. and really um demolishing child labor and sweatshop conditions mm -hmm. however this apparently did not spread to the other world people but uh it, it, we're working on it slowly yeah. we're working on it yeah, um it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, everything's it's fine. fine. It's fine. Everything's It'll be okay. Everything's great. You know, the world the world is not dying slowly. <laughs> well, I feel like um, this is just that happy part of the show where we I talk know, about this is 
Yeah, what did we learn today? What did we learn? Uh, I learned about frightened French tailors. <laughs> A very dangerous uh, faction in the world, uh, but mostly, uh, yeah, I just, um, you know, child labor and, um, you know, the constant subjugation of people uh, for the dollar as uh, it's always been there and it'll, it still is. And it, it always will be. I'm sorry to anybody that we bummed out. Um, yeah, it happens every once in a while. <laughs> Um, and I learned that Terry uh, is a wealth of knowledge at right off the top of her head. I didn't see her look at notes once. And uh, I, I am still staring at my notes, trying to remember my Instagram. So. Uh, <laughs> what, did, what did you learn today, Terry? Mom. There it is. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't know what to call you. Let me just do both. Yeah, that's fine. You call me whatever you need to call me. Just, you know, what do they say? Just don't call me late for dinner. Sure thing, um, Captain Boogerface. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>, new nickname. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think my takeaway is that even though things are not perfect, that we over the last hundred plus years have made progress and it goes back to progress not perfection and um you know as as they say in sewing since this is about sewing Obviously. you know um finished is better than perfect i've never heard that i like that that a um, cheery outlook on life that, that's <laughs> That's uh, thanks, mom. <laughs> I'm going to school now. <laughs> oh, I'm over weird. here like mm, we need more improvements. We're not done yet. <laughs> well, that's we the aren't. We aren't done yet. Needs, the world needs both. We do. Uh, yes, but and we've got to give it. You know, small wins. So, see, this is this is my takeaway. Um, that we we just went through the entire history of sewing and we got into industrialization and it took like 90 90 years for them to actually make some solid regulations on stuff and i think with the advance in technology it won't take us 90 years to to make advances depends on, on what jeff bezos things, has to say about it but <laughs> yeah um i think i think we will progress i think that there is hope and i think ultimately this is a a a story of hope and uh there is tragedy but i think that a lot of other lives were saved uh because of these re yeah. regulations a measurable um, amount of lives have yes. been saved uh, at the sacrifice and of continue these. to be saved unless you're jeff bezos yeah. um so <laughs> Well, Sorry, Mom. We're... And that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a that's a red faced day. karate chop episode yeah, if is, we ever have is, if that yeah. ever happens. Well, um, uh, this was fun. Yeah, I mean, I think. Thank you for people... inviting me to participate. Yes, I You're had a welcome. great time. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to wrap this one up. Um, uh, I, I mean, well. I, I you know gotta, what? Maybe I yeah. I can give you a little little positive to go with. Sewing is also um, brings communities together. 
There are women all over the world who come together and socialize around sewing through sewing bees and, and just supporting each other, um, quilting especially, well, they'll come together, they'll make a quilt as a community, and it will be gifted to, say, a new bride or somebody who's had a new baby, um, so that they have something from their community um, that think, welcomes them yeah, and, I don't and know embraces where them. Age falls into stuff like the AIDS quilt uh, that we saw in the 80s, uh, where just people across the country were coming together in support of for the first time. I was actually um, just going to mention that. Of, <laughs> yeah. of, you know, people suffering from a, a terrible. Right. And uh, then there's um, Quilts of Valor, yeah. that is a nonprofit organization. I um, think, uh, I think we, we've touched on on a whole uh different thing is is sewing really brought people together and mm -hmm. it was not just an act of making clothes it was an act right. of social socialization and it was it was really a way to get to know other people in your community in right. in a time when not necessarily was the best um and it and it still holds true well not today today because we're all locked down in a pandemic but um before the pandemic um and and you know i'm in new york city so you would not think this was a quilting place or a sewing place yes. but um <laughs> there is a uh quilt store in manhattan um that i Just would one? go to <laughs> Really? Yes. There's um, only two or three stores in Manhattan. There's, yeah. a, there's a whole bunch of fabric stores, but this is specifically a quilting shop. And they have a loft. And myself and several other ladies would come together on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening about once a month. And we'd have this guy who was a wonderful, he was like our uh, leader. So he was there to help us if we had any questions. And um, we just come together as a, a little community and get to know each other. So, fun. so what yeah. you're saying is I should not be scared of the sewing machine and I should talk to people. You, these, yes. These yes. don't sound like great ideas, but I'll try. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I actually do. I do have a community. I have my stitch and bitch group. There you go. See, you're doing the same thing. And they're yeah. officially right there. Lily swore more in this episode than I did. She said that word twice. I said it once. So that was a gift to you, Terry. That was for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm on Instagram, Sacred Play-Doh. Um, Lily's on Instagram, uh, Deadly Pineapple 13. And then all the other things, Lily. Uh, we, as a podcast, are on Facebook, uh, Partial Credit Pod, Instagram, at Partial Credit Pod, and on Twitter, Credit Pod. And what is our credit score this week? Hmm? Was I muted? Yep. You I was muted. muted. 342. Ah, that, we're going up. It's wildly <laughs> fluctuating. Yeah. All right, thank you, uh, Mom. Your knowledge of sewing has been enlightening. And I yeah, I feel like we're going to get a good more. notes from Megan out of this one. I think so, too. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's... This has been the show. Home Thank you.
And that's the episode, everybody. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps a lot. Tell a friend. Um, even if you have to lie and tell them the show is good, we'd appreciate it. Uh, this episode was written by me, Lucas Daniels, as well as my podcasting friend and partner, Lily Tenek. Uh, our special guest and contributor this week was Terry Tenek, um, a wonderful woman. Uh, music was provided by Brian Action Jackson. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for stopping by. You're all beautiful angels.